Sports are back. Save 40%. Don't miss exclusive in-depth coverage of this unprecedented sports season. Subscribe now and save. Get all access to the Athletics exclusive in-depth coverage of this unprecedented sports season. Get unlimited access to breaking news, in-depth stories, and expert analysis on what's sure to be one of the most enthralling seasons in sports history. Don't miss exclusive in-depth coverage of this unprecedented sports season. Subscribe now and save. Sign up now to see for yourself the creativity, reporting, and storytelling that sets the athletic apart. And if you go to theathletic.com slash DodgersPod, you can receive 40% off an annual subscription. Sports are back, and you won't want to miss breaking stories on your favorite teams. So go to theathletic.com slash DodgersPod for 40% off an annual subscription. We hope to see you there. How's it going, everybody? This is Andy McCullough from The Athletic here with Pedro Mora, also of The Athletic. You are listening to The Scribes of Summer, a show about the Los Angeles Dodgers, who have been in the news lately, Pedro. How's it going, man? Yeah, been uh, covering the news. They're playing baseball, writing about it nightly from my couch. It's going okay. Yeah, how are you, man? Uh, I'm, you know, hanging in there, staying safe, uh, trying to stay sane. You know, keeping tabs on the Dodgers along with the rest of Major League Baseball's ongoing science experiment. So it's been uh, it's been a busy couple weeks, man. It's going to stay kind of weird for a while, as long as they're playing these games, which they continue to. The Dodgers are playing again here tonight in Arizona. It's wild that it's here, right? I mean, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's... Every, every night I watch it, I'm like, this is on. I have to be frank with you and say that a distraction is like the Joe Kelly thing I did find kind of welcome because for a couple sure. hours I was thinking about something other than mass pain. But yeah, and then you, you move on eventually pretty soon. It was a fun couple days, I think, for Dodgers fans in uh, watching their club play the Houston Astros and beat them and acquire some sort of revenge, you could say. Uh, yeah, I'd say they're even. Yeah. You think so? Yeah. I mean, well, you know. Whatever. It's just a it's just a piece of metal. Yeah. Yeah, callbacks. Hey, so what was your whole read just on everything that happened with Joe Kelly and the Astros? Would Joe Kelly have been your pick to be the guy to get in the mix on this? Like kind of what you know, being someone yes, who's written extensively been. about Kelly. Yeah, you I mean you have written very extensively about Joe Kelly and seem to understand some things about who he is. So maybe tell the listeners kind of why he'd be the pick there. He's a fighter. He's just a, you know, he's got scars <laughs> on his body all, you know, across from childhood fights. He thinks instigation is a valuable tool and he's proud to do so on, on occasion. And he has done so in the major leagues. And, you know, he became a cold hero in Boston for a very similar action at the Yankees after, after one of their players slid into a Red Sox. So it's, it's just not surprising at all. In fact, like if you look at the, the Dodgers pitchers, and you realize who wasn't there in 2017 um, and, you know, who's 22 years old and still learning their way in the big leagues. And then he's kind of like one of the only fellows left. Now, that said, th- this might sound ridiculous, but I am not sure that he did so on purpose. Like, I mean, I'm not. I'm honestly, yeah. I've thought about it. I'm not sure. He has plausible deniability. He really does. It sounds like from your tone that you think it was on purpose. I mean, you know, if it looks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, it's Joe Kelly throwing at a guy. But, you know, it would have been a very strong long con if he had shot that video a couple months ago uh, just to set the stage for getting away with this. Okay, I'm going to need to write about this video because uh, this video is being used as his... uh... His alibi? (laughs) Yeah, and uh, it's not because, let me explain, he's not throwing a baseball in that video. He's throwing a, a special tool called a clean fuego. 
that was co-invented <laughs> by the Dodgers assistant pitching coach, Connor McGinnis. The middle part of the baseball is a, the shape of a baseball, but then on the outsides, look it up, Andy, real quick. On the outsides, okay. it's black and, and plastic. What's it called? Clean Fuego. How could you forget the name? What and, a dumb... What is that? so dumb. What is that? Clean Heat, cool. baby. Yeah. God, what so it's uh, players are such dorks. Okay. <laughs> so the shape of it is such that if you do not throw it directly straight, it catches and goes off target to show you that it is not uh-huh. being thrown correctly. That's kind of the point. That your fuego wasn't clean. Exactly. Obviously, he did not throw that pitch took his window to its intended target. If it was a baseball, normal baseball, it would not have veered as incorrectly as it did. Right? You understand? Yes. Plus, that was an April. I mean, you should definitely write about this. Yeah, I didn't realize that this many people were going to think that it was a freaking long con. I mean, this was in April. We didn't know if they were going to play baseball in April, let alone that they were going to play the Astros. It's just not possible. I can't tell you how many people have suggested that this is a, lo- a long con. And I just, I think people should consider that baseball players do not think that far ahead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Joe Kelly does often not know where the baseball is going to go. But I think if you throw 3-0 behind a guy's head, you know, it's kind of tough for the baseball to end up there. Like, even if you don't know where it's going to go. I doubt that he was throwing at his head, if that makes sense. But, you know, it seems relatively easy to believe that he was throwing in his general vicinity and it uh, went haywire. The Correa one was actually, I think, the most dangerous pitch that he threw. Yeah, yeah. But it was a, it was not a fastball, so there's that. If the intent is to throw it behind there, then maybe I can get, maybe I understand that that was indeed his intent. I would just say that more than plausible deniability, I am still not sure that he did it on purpose. That's all I'm saying. And so, who knows? Yeah. So we're reading into this. I think fans are reading into this a lot more than than maybe. Uh, the situation potentially warranted. Well, I think it's the sort of thing that probably would have died down if Major League Baseball had levied a suspension that felt a little more reasonable. Eight games is a, you know, that's prorated 22 games, I think. That's a lot of games. And, like, obviously I think it's going to get knocked down on appeal, but it just seemed like that was, a like, an inflammatory number that was, like, almost guaranteed to upset not just fans, but also, like, other players. I mean, I can, you know, like, Jared Weaver, uh, Marcus Stroman, Mike Clevenger were, like, among the guys, you know, complaining about the length of the suspension. It just seemed, I don't know, I get what they were trying to do, but it just, you know, it seems like it, you know, unintended consequences once again. Only one of those guys is an active player, for the record, but, uh... What? Yeah. Mike Clevenger is not active? That's the only one. Where's Marcus Stroman? Is he hurt? Yeah. I mean, okay, whatever. Um, I was like, did did Mike Clevenger retire? Like, what? I think last night could have been a bigger deal had there not been a significant suspension. I think an Astros retaliation would have been more likely had there not been a case of a 22-game suspension for the the opponent who who took action against them. I think that was the point. And then now they can Hmm. knock it down on appeal to half that, something like that. Hmm. Actually, all right, yeah. Let's, you got to give MLB credit then. If that, is, if that was the intended consequence. That doesn't seem like a stretch, does it, Andy? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. But, you know, giving them the benefit of the doubt hasn't really been, hasn't made a lot of sense lately. But, yeah, that makes some sense. That does make sense, actually. And that would, you know, prevent retaliation. I mean, I, were you, they're not supposed to leave the dugouts, right? Like, that is bad. Should Major League Baseball be fining everyone? Or do you think it's as simple as just, like, make an example out of, Joe Kelly, and then hope people get the message. Well, they find the managers for that action, much like they did in the um, 
in the 2017 science scandal. They made an example out of the manager and general manager. But in this case, yeah, they just they fined and suspended Roberts for one game. The suspension was because of Kelly's actions, and then they fined Dusty Baker for his team leaving the dugout. In that case, they, they opted not to fine every player. Whether they should have? I don't know. I think that uh, maybe this is me being too positive. Like, they did not fight each other, right? They stood too close to each other for a short time. It was not an outrageous... No, it was not I, an outrageous offense. It was a very short amount of time. Many players were wearing masks. You could see, like, during a Clayton Kershaw fiddling, putting his back on. It was not like people suddenly forgot that there's a, a global pandemic. I think it was very obvious that they, they knew the entire time that, there was, that, that they were supposed to stay distant. Although they did not exactly do so entirely, but they did somewhat. Yeah, I mean that's that's reasonable. I just think it's it's. I mean, this is part of uh, the the difficulty in trying to navigate this season, and that on the one hand you're preaching, you know, the how important it is to follow the protocols, and then everyone clearly violates at the very least the spirit of the law, if not the letter, because there was no physical contact. Like, and then no one is punished. I mean, I you know, I don't know. I just like. You watch every game and guys are high-fiving, guys are spitting, guys are fist-bumping. They're doing all the things they said they weren't supposed to do. And then, you know, when there's an outbreak with another team, the, the league defends its protocols. It's just, I don't know. Yeah, the spitting is, is it seems, impenetrably hard to stop. The high-fiving, the Dodgers are still doing it on a regular basis. And I've seen fans ask about that. Yeah, it's, it's concerning. There's no doubt about that. All right, Andy, let's take a quick time out to tell listeners about Dugout Mugs, a company that started in a college dugout. Licensed by Major League Baseball, your favorite team, laser engraved onto a birchwood baseball bat barrel mug. Perfect for the big game to put on display or to be the life of the party. It's a unique gift for a baseball fan. Go to dugoutmugs.com slash theathletic and use promo code MLB30 for 30% off your first purchase. That's dugoutmugs.com slash theathletic and code MLB30. Fill that baseball void with your very own dugout mug today. What is your take on the uh, 2020 Dodgers thus far? Good club? Their lineup's going to be fine. They're not really hitting very well. They're not hitting. Nor right. even taking particularly good at-bats. But they're going to be fine. I don't see why they wouldn't. The relief core, I think, actually looks a lot better than maybe some people feared. Blake Trinan is throwing the ball extremely well. Kenley Jansen is actually getting movement on his cutter. Caleb Ferguson, Lil Ferg, looks great. I don't know if you saw him pitch yesterday, but that was like a, a dominant inning. <laughs> yeah, so that's three relievers. They got more who are okay. Pedro Baez is always okay. That bullpen will be fine. I mean, that, that bullpen is a lot better than the Astros, right? The Astros, like, they are suddenly very short pitching-wise. Like, very short pitching-wise, it seems. Yes. They're missing Joe Smith. Others, uh, Roto Asuna doesn't have his normal stuff. Peacock. Yeah, what's up with Peacock, yeah? I mean, I would ask Jake, but he doesn't know. Ozuna, Urquidy, Peacock, Smith were all sort of non-factors in summer camp, and I think Ozuna's been pitching, but it doesn't his yeah, stuff he, isn't where it was. Yeah, so you realize that all these teams are going to have deep-seated flaws, and so the Dodgers really don't. I don't think their lineup is going to continue performing the way it has through the first six games. Right. You would assume that, like, that. Yeah. Mookie Betts will start hitting. <laughs> it is interesting that, and I'm going to start exploring this, that they have start, used Austin Barnes as their primary catcher against right-handed pitching so far. Will Smith is playing against the lefties. So that's a, that's a departure from last year, and Barnes has not hit the ball well. And when we've talked about the thoroughness of their lineup, one through nine, Smith is the power threat that it would hit eighth or ninth. And Barnes has, you know, for the last couple of years, not been an offensive threat. Is Smith a, a power threat? Do you want me to read his, his statistics from last year? Yeah, I, I saw last year they had a juice baseball. Yeah, I mean, 
yes, a lot of players hit a lot of home runs. He he hit a lot of homers in the minor leagues too. There maybe there was a ball, a juice ball there. They had a they had a juice yeah, ball there as well. Yeah, he. You look at his swing compared to Barnes. He has he is aiming to hit for more power. Let's sure. put it that way. Yes, I believe that if you gave them you know a thousand plate appearances, his slugging percentage would be higher, probably significantly higher. Barnes's slugging percentage the last couple of years has been quite low. So you know, can you can you afford one player like that in your in your one through nine? Yes, they're still the best yeah, lineup in, in, in the West. Maybe I'm making much ado about some, but uh, about nothing. But uh, so last two years, his slugging percentage. Do you want to guess it, Andy? Barnes. Yeah, 2018, 2019. 375. 316. Yeah, not great. What do you make of why he is playing like he's kind of the primary catcher if he's starting against righties? Well, the Dodgers believe his defense and his and the way he calls games is dependable. And Dave Roberts appreciates, I think, his consistency in, in that regard. They also think that he can be a better offensive player. You know, I, I cherry picked those statistics because in 2017 he was yeah, really very good, really good. He slugged 486 on base, 408. Was a, was you know for for a catcher one of the best hitters in in the sport? Um, you know over 260 plate appearances, but uh, so he has a little bit more potential in the minor leagues. Was an on base machine, still has a 3.43 career on base percentage in the, in the majors, which is delightful for a catcher. Why? I don't know. I'm going to start exploring. That. I was not expecting this. You know, it's it's a little easier for things like this to to slip by your attention when the team is you know so distant, and it's also six games, and perhaps they're working through things and. You know, there's always the question of this season that if you know if you don't see a player come up in a spot, you have to ask like, is he there? You know, is he right. is he okay? Is he in the dugout? Yeah, is he with the team? So the Dodgers are going to Arizona this weekend. Give the give the listeners uh, what they should be looking forward to about these next four games. What are what are you looking forward to watching with these uh, as these two clubs get back together? I don't know. This is probably the best team in the, the second best team in the National League West. You know, they're probably a playoff team with these new conditions. So it will be t- some sort of test. This opening road trip is for the Dodgers actually pretty challenging between the Astros, the Diamondbacks, and the Padres, as Andy Ons. These are three of the best teams they're going to face this season. So it'll be something. The Diamondbacks are throwing probably their four best starters in Robbie Ray, Zach Gallon, Luke Weaver, Merrill Kelly, who nearly threw a no hitter. It's a wow. pretty good club. They're, they're a competent Wait, did you, uh, did you not put Bumgarner team. in there? No, I did not. Wow, you have him as their fifth best starter. I mean, it was it was sort of a joke, but he's also throwing eighty eight. I mean, yeah, but like, yeah, okay. I was kidding. I think he's. I mean, I would have him as better than uh, than Kelly and arguably Ray. <laughs> yeah, Robbie Ray, Zach Maybe. Gallen. Is Zach Gallen's pretty good. good. He's a good pitcher. Yeah. Luke Weaver was good when he's healthy. That's true. That's true. Okay. Well, uh, anything else to wrap up from the series in Houston? The yawn was good. Joe Kelly's initial yawn was pretty good. Wasn't that? That was good content. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, and you got to give credit to the, uh, the baseball's t-shirt industrial complex, which is already like turning around. Dude, they were turning them around like before I finished writing that night. Like they yeah. were already turning. You could buy the shirts. Like they were, RotoWare was selling them other places. It's, it's outrageous. It is the most indefatigable industry in America. It is unable to be stopped. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, You can check us back uh, next week, and we'll be here to talk about the Dodgers. Have a good one.